If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's Blubbity Blah. The Blubbity Blah. Sending out good vibes. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Great America Show. Coming at you this week, October, first week, second show of October already. Holy moly. Yep. Uh, with uh, Dominic Vallet, author of Zen Findel. Of course, Graham did the audiobook. We got the audiobook in our Adult Brain podcast feed. Um, part of the Adult Brain family books. So it's a fun chat. Uh, Graham read the book. I didn't, but Dominic is a cool cat. So yeah, it's a good book, yeah. Lot in common. If you want to skip our lazy ramblings, of course, you can go right ahead and do that. Uh, another thing I'll mention right at the beginning, if you want to get our opinion on, you know, current events and stuff that we might not bring up here anymore, you can get that all over on our Roundup podcast, where we probably rounded up a couple of YouTube strikes on this week's episode. Uh, of course, that's at Outlaw.ca, or just search America Outlaw in your podcast player. But all the stuff we're not going to talk about here because it's just too polarizing. Yeah, exactly. It's also we'll on Polarize the fuck out of you over at America Outlawed, though. Yeah. And the videos are on Substack if you want to support us over there. But yeah, we're doing two shows a week on Great America Outlawed. One where we just kind of do a roundup of stuff and then one sort of guest-based where the second half is premium feed, plus feed only. So. And we're working on Thanksgiving. Yeah. How's your Thanksgiving? It was good, yeah. Trying to get settled in still. It's taking a long time. Lots to do. Lots to do. Had some turkey. Yep. Stuffing. Yep. Proper white people Thanksgiving. Yep. How was yours? I was okay. I don't really do Thanksgiving, you know? Uh, Someone said it was, I seen somewhere they're trying to call it Indigenous People's Day, but I thought that was like back in June, so I don't really have time for that either. But uh, we, I did, you know, we went out on the Sunday and shot an antelope. That's a long one, too. Well, we went out bird hunting in the morning. But there were Who were you with? Uh, Lola and Shauna. Wife and daughter-in-law. In-law? Uh, anyway, she's, she's my new daughter. Um, we uh, went hunting for birds. Didn't really get any. I was chasing a lot of pheasants around. There's a lot of pheasants this year. I don't know why. I've never seen a lot of pheasants. You see them a little bit this time of year. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's a pheasant aficionado. They're not native to Alberta. You don't really see them, but you see them for some reason, you know, in the fall for a couple of months. They're puttering about. I don't know if it's because they're out fucking or seems like a weird time for it because a bird can't be knocked up for that long until spring. So I don't know what they're doing, but they're out and about, and uh, they're big birds. They're looking good. I want them. It almost had me on the brink of considering getting a dog, but it ain't happening right now because that is the way most of these guys are hunting pheasants. 
is with a dog, and I don't have you a dog, dog to circle back around or something and and scare Not them. So like, so dude, so when we were down at Badger Lake hunting ducks, we were watching a guy hunt partridge, and his fucking dog went right over and like just stopped and had his paw out to, in the direction of. That's you. God, Bless you. Where these birds are. And the dog yeah. just sits there. Just sits there. Doesn't move. And he's just sitting there. And it, like, I don't know what he's doing, but somehow and he's he's pointing like physically. Like so it, yeah, it looks like it. And uh, or his snout, you know, he's just like he had his paw up though. And the hunter just comes over and stands behind him. And then said we were pretty far away, right? So but then the hunter says something. And the fucking dog jumps forward a couple stops. And sure enough, all these fucking partridges flush up and he shoots two of them. And then the dog grabs him and brings him back to him. <laughs> and then they just go do it again. And I'm just like walking and walking and walking and looking for these birds. And it's hard to find the pheasant because they run. They run around the ground. Yeah, they, I rely on the birds flying when I spook them and then I blast them. So the dog goes ahead and looks for them too and kind of stops and sneaks so, up and stops. Yeah, they, they, the good ones, they know what you're hunting. They'll point them out, wait for oh you to get God. there, and then rush oh them God. out. That's crazy. Like, Fuck it, I think there's a bird in that bush. Wow. So, yeah, anyway, I don't have a dog, so I'm just rustling up. Dude, I was driving down the road and one, like, like dude, like, uh, it sounded like a, a rooster. Huh. We call them roosters and hens, but it really sounded like a, like I almost ran over a fucking rooster and it was squawking at me like a big bagak. Wow! And I went and chased it, couldn't get it, but they're big birds, man. I really want to get one. I didn't so, get one. I got an antelope. So you we got had an antelope. a big old antelope back strap stew. So oh, that's right. good. And you and you had, tell us about how you got this antelope then. I shot it. I know. I know. But like. At 361 yards, so three and a half football fields. It was my longest shot. I mean, some dudes are shooting shit way farther than that, but that's pretty far for me. Well, that's still pretty far, I think. For it's pretty fucking far, dude. Is if that I the didn't have my scope, picture of you, you guys like lying in the grass, like setting nah, up? Nah, that was a different one. We didn't oh. shoot in there. I was looking for a big buck. I shot a big fucking buck, dude. It's big. It doesn't look big because antelope are little, but he's got a big fucking oh. rat. He's oh, way bigger than anything else I've shot. So I got his head in the his head in the freezer right now. I don't, I don't want to deal with the fucking thing. No one really has beetles, so I think I'm just gonna get someone to do it. I'm gonna pace. I think I know my buddy's wife might do it for seventy five bucks. So I don't so know. So she's gonna clean it all up and then do the. Do they do any extracurricular stuff on it at all or just clean it all up and have it ready for you? You just get the whitening kit from Cabela's and do it all up, I think. You know, I could do it. I've done it. It's just a fucking pain. So I might do it yet. I froze it so I can decide what to do with it later. But I am going to save a bunch of this antelope for CAC. Nice. Oh, well, let's mention that at all. Not this, not this episode. Yeah, for some Cat Canada, probably some antelope burgers so for lunch one day. Yeah, that'd be great. Let's explain to people just if they, they don't know what CAC is. Contact at the cabin, right? Uh, we do these sort of meetups, and we've got Brandon Powell coming this time, the Wim Hof breathwork teacher. He's he's fantastic. He's a buddy of ours. He does a lot of our events, right? He's coming out. We're going to drive through the mountains to uh, a resort, and it's close to what? Uh, 
rivers and hot springs and stuff. So we're going to do cold and sort of hot plunging, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's the Lucier hot springs. You never been there? No, I don't think so. Huh. You know, I don't think I've been down that road between the Southern part and, and the, and the highway. The 93, the 93 yeah. or the 95. Or maybe I have, because when the, when the freeway was blocked off, uh, with all the construction, wasn't that part of the detour that you had to go through? Down to radium, yeah, but then you just cut right back up, I think. Right, and this will be further down, right? Well, it's not far south of radium. It's only 20 minutes south of radium, I think. If no. that, might only be 15. Shit, I don't know. I just came through there. It's a beautiful drive through the two national parks. It's crazy. It's the Canadian Rockies at its best. I mean, really, it's... It's like yeah. you come do the Banff thing, you do this, you do that, but well, I'll show you some shit. We'll show, we'll go see some cool shit. Yeah. On the way down, we might rip up to that at some point. If we end up going on the day trip over by into the Kananaskas, even if we don't go to the polar spot, people don't do that. I got some spots where I can get up on some like fucking legit mountain passes and we can see some shit. Right, right. This is my home country. Yeah. My backyard, you know? Yeah. Cliche, but where I do my hunting and adventuring, where the wife does all her hiking, it'll be her birthday. Random Powell's birthday just a couple weeks after that. We got elk hunt coming up. Anthony got his duck hunting license, so he'll have shot more shit than you real soon. Just kind of say, dude, you should get your life. Uh, I guess it's too late, but I'm going on a proper fucking uh, goose hunt next week. Well, let's before you get into that, let's say uh, it's at contact at the cabin.com. Uh, there's, and you click on contact in Canada is the, is the tab and that'll take you to an Eventbrite page. So there's still a few tickets left, but not many. And then there's also Mojave desert camping in January. And we want to talk about that one too, right, Darren? Cause just before, you know, before we move on to, to your other hunting. Yeah, it's going to be uh I mean, I don't know. I've never been to the Mojave Desert, but Bruce Bruce and Robert say it's great. I've seen a lot of real cool pictures. It's a way to, you can go check out the Mojave Desert. Back, a cool campsite, good campsite there. Pretty rough in its style. And then do a bunch of day excursions out to some real cool places. Oh, itinerary Next week, we'll dig the itinerary up. And you camping some, you're not camping somewhere different every night, no, it's right? same camp spot. we got to get oh. a base. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's a home base, and it's a bunch of day excursions out from here to there, and then back to Vegas. And uh, it's going to be a pretty small group, and it's going to be no real presenting or anything like that, but Robert and Bruce, who spent a lot of time down there. Robert's a desert expert, and uh, he's going to show us a bunch of cool stuff. It'll be a guided tour. And that's coming up in January. Uh, so a couple cool things. And like I was saying, antelope burgers, elk steaks, elk roasts, Moose shit, all that not actual moose shit, just like moose food made from moose meat. Uh, I had a moose sirloin steak the other night. It was fucking amazing. All that stuff, Cat Canada, contact at the cabin.com. Maybe some goose. I don't know what I'm going to do with the goose. I better not count my chickens before I hatch. But I signed up for one of them guided goose tours. A guided where? In, uh, where? Dude, it looked so epic. I was watching the videos um, because they post pictures and videos from their hunts. They had someone following this guy, this outfitter for a little while. And they got a th fucking flock of a thousand geese coming in on them. And they just like start blasting. So I'm going to go out. I signed up. 
paid a couple hundred bucks to go up to Edmonton one day, sign up for a day, go out and uh, expect to get my limit on a couple different types of geese. You have a limit as an Indian? Well, so I don't. But because I'm using an outfitter in order to not get him into trouble and to keep everything by the book, I have to I'll actually buy a license. I'll buy a migratory license and otherwise he could get into trouble. So I don't mind doing it. It's very cheap. And the limit is 50, 50 snow or snow geese. So I'm allowed like 50 of them and 12 Canada's and eight ducks. I expect to get them all. Uh, dude, today they shot the crew that went out with them today. Cause I follow his Facebook and the videos. They shot 155 ducks between three of them in 90 minutes. Wow. Not ducks or geese, mostly geese. So it's like, uh, yeah, a flock of fucking 500 birds just descending on you. And then you just pop the shit of them, shoot 60 of them. I'm going to rent a plucker. Uh, I found a plucker where I could rent by the day so I can get them all plucked up. Maybe pluck 20 geese, do the rest into jerky or something like that. But maybe wow. we could keep fry a bunch of geese up at Yak. Wow. I'm excited, dude. Those shooting birds or something else and shooting fucking uh, at hundreds of birds sounds fucking fantastic. I do duck hunting this and that, but I haven't like the geese in the field are a different animal. I don't you injure them. some of them too, though, and not without killing them? Like, how do you make sure you don't just like make I don't them know, man. I ain't thinking about that. No? They're good enough to fly away fucking good on them. Someone fucking down the road. I mean, I'm just starting this shit off. These geese and ducks are going to be getting shot at the next three months everywhere they go if you're gonna get shot at here then you get shot in southern alberta then you get shot at montana then they get shot at idaho and you know all the way down their migratory path until all ultimately they're getting shot at in florida i've been hearing a ton of them go by here missouri a lot of them go by here oh yeah the snow geese are doing so well it's crazy i mean all the snow geese are i think i was actually looking at they're calling them overpopulated wow okay well, that makes people feel better well, they're never meant to have fucking grain everywhere. Used to be a lot harder for them to find food, but now they're just plowing down on fucking grain and corn nonstop all the way up and down their migratory path. Living their life. Until I blast them. So, and I'm going to blast the shit out of a lot of them. And I'm looking forward to it. I've never shot 50 or nothing in a day. So I'm looking forward to that. My record's like 10. Uh, right on. I would literally have the back of my truck overflowing with geese. So what you got? You got anything else? Yeah, I'm I do. Tired. I want to talk about uh, what? I said it's Thanksgiving. I'm tired. Yeah, I want to talk about something quickly. Uh, just an update on Randall Carlson and Malcolm Bendel stuff. We did talk to George Hauer on our Grand America Outlaw. The first half is on Rumble and Rockfin. Uh, but the full the full audio and the full video won't be coming out for a week or so. But if people are interested, they can follow the link in the show notes or look us up on Rumble. It's on our Grimerica Outlawed show. It was a great chat. Yeah, George was fantastic. George was fantastic. I can't wait to meet him. Yeah. And uh, Randall, so Randall just got his newsletter out. So I'm linking that to the in the show notes as well. And I just want to, you know, mention uh, what's going on with the Bendel stuff because I've been kind of keeping up to everybody up to date with that so let me just read a little bit from his newsletter after i burp a bit after months of controversy during which uninformed skeptics bloviated online about how they knew plasmoid energy was all a scam 
and that the brilliant inventor who took up the mantle of such luminaries as Ken Shoulders, Martin Fleischmann, Victor Schauberger, Nikola Tesla, and others was nothing but a grifter. Testing all of this game-changing technology has been ongoing and is proving viable, practical, and real. In July, an electrical substation near London, a 400-kilowatt Perkins generator, was retrofitted. That's showing exceptional reduction in the exhaust of carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, and nitrogen oxides, and methane, accompanied by a near doubling of engine efficiency. All the while, while optimum atmospheric levels of oxygen at about 20% are exhausted. So then he goes on to say, talk about the Tesla tech thing in August at Albuquerque. Um, Finally, a month-long independent and confidential testing regimen has just been completed at a major industrial lab. A report is being prepared for publication that will provide all the testing protocols along with all the relevant performance data. This testing will unambiguously establish the viability of plasmoid technology. I'm going to repeat that. This testing will unambiguously establish the viability of plasmoid technology. This is in Randall's newsletter. So, I, you know, he's not going to say that unless he sort of knows what's going on. With the release of the report, all details and protocols of the testing particulars will be available. I would add that there would there have now been at least two dozen individuals, including multiple PhDs in relevant sciences, technicians, engineers, and industry professionals, all directly involved and participating in the testing procedures. At this stage, a consensus has emerged among those highly knowledgeable experts, and it might be expressed thusly. We know the technology works as we have witnessed it firsthand. We just don't know why it works. And here's where the whole thing really starts to get interesting. It is beginning to appear increasingly likely that the emergence of a technology based upon the principles of plasma physics is, in actuality, the rediscovery of knowledge that was once known but has been lost for millennia. And then he links to Jordan, who we've talked about on the show before, his YouTube alchemical science. He does a really good job at breaking it down as he learns along with the rest of us. They have folks sign up, check it out. I mean, we'll get into it more next week with uh, George. Of course, he uh, really b- breaks that shit down. Actually, very maybe the week after. What? Yeah, it might be the week after. We have to we have to release. Uh, what's his name? Because the fight, uh, Pat, Pat was on outlawed. Yeah, so was George. Oh, this is outlawed. No, this isn't outlawed. George is outlawed, too. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, fuck. Too many podcasts. <laughs> I get outlawed. <laughs> what else was I going to say? There was something else I was going to mention to you. Because you have your outlawed background. You're fucking me up. I know. I know. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't change it from our last last show. Um, can't remember. Oh, the audiobooks, uh, the free ones. Do you want to mention the free ones for this? Um, I month? didn't change them yet. Uh, yeah, what were they? It's going to be Zinfandel, of course, this one. I'll change them by the time this comes out. I'll change them here now. Uh, so Zinfandel, Wild Talents. So Wild and, Talents by jo- Charles Fort and Zinfandel, the, the guest for tonight's show. And and the Flying Saucers are real. The Flying Saucers are real. It's 1952 by, uh, or 50, Kehoe. 1950. What? Kehoe, right? Yeah, Donald Kehoe. Yeah, that's a great fucking book. I mean, check those out. Those are free on our podcast feed, audiobook, adult, adult brain audiobooks. 
Yeah, check uh, that out. Of course, you can get there at adultbrain.ca or search adultbrain audiobooks in your podcast player. You also got to support the show. Uh, if you're finding some value from a little podcast here, if you're still listening after all these years, if you're still out there, over to grammarica.ca slash support, sign up today, sign up for a monthly or make a one-time donation. Um, we're still, you know, sort of wavering through this audiobook fiasco and uh, could use the support if you can, when you can. We're talking about Grammarica Outlaw, all the great interviews we've had over there lately. That's grammaricaoutlaw.ca. That's all of them. You know, that's everything we're up to. Support the show. Grammarica.ca slash support. Spam gram. Sign up for trips. Contact at thecabin.com. Other than that, over to the bio for uh, Mr. Dominique. Dominique Valet. Yeah, I'm just going to read the last three paragraphs from his website here. DominiqueValet.com. And also his podcast is at uh, hopscotchchronicles.com. He just he just decided to start one up. So check it out there. And uh, he ends kind of with, uh, it's kind of an unsexy cliche, but I've come to see terrestrial incarnation as a type of game of pretend, a theater of sorts. Weak words to describe the most sacred of all comic tricks, cosmic tricks, I know. Knowing that, sleepwalking through life means being the butt of the joke. Hence, the belly laugh adepts often experience on their moments of enlightenment. Our notions of good and evil, our ambitions, identities, and cultures are the mere result of conditioning. Life thus can't be true, and truth is eternally elusive and therefore is nothing but a dream. Some know truth but can't play the game. Others take part in it, but as obvious pawns. Bridges are needed, and that's where I come in. I've used the writing of my first book, Zinfindel, The Mystic's Path of Self-Knowledge, to synthesize my thoughts and experiences, which I'm now devoted to sharing. At this point, I considered both playfulness and doubt as profoundly spiritual states. Through their embodiment, I thus aim to instill within my beloved human family both a passion and a curiosity for this big, weird game we call life. So there you have it. There you have it, guys. Enjoy the chat with the one and only Dominic Valet. Hey Dominic, how's it going? Good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you for having me, guys. Oh yeah, this will be this will be lots of fun. Yeah, I love yes. loved your book. <laughs> I, I narrated your book, so um, it uh, it's not quite fresh in my mind like it was uh, a couple months ago. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, looking forward to chatting about it. I really did enjoy it. It's uh, let me just say what the title is: "It's Zinfindel, the Mystic's Path of Self Knowledge." And uh, yeah, it's a good book. You got so. it. You got the pronunciation 
terrifically. Well, I hope so. <laughs> 50 times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'd love to I'd love to hear about uh, your synchronicities. I, we didn't really hear about I, I listened to your Aeon Byte interview. Shout out to Miguel and, and them at Aeon Byte. It was great, but you guys kind of skipped over that part. And since Darren is still the uh, one of the Canadian Canada's uh, synchronicity rating, what what are you called again, Darren? Rating master or something or authority? Authority. 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 Oh authority. wow! He's, he's a hard authority. I mean, like he's you almost have to donate to the show to get like synchronicity. <laughs> but pressure's on. Um, but I mean, you guys skipped over that, and I know it because I think I talked. I think it's the one you told me about personally when we talked. But I'd love to start off with that, like just give people a taste of like some of your path towards, like you know, from kind of like the new age sort of stuff that you were in, and into your to your to writing your book, and some of the synchronicities that happened along the way. Uh, well, I wonder if it's kind of do, two different stories. I mean, especially the synchronicity stuff because. Uh, over the years, my my relationship with the subject really evolved, and it's kind of a long thing. So I don't know if you prefer yeah. to, that I just go right into that, or no, if I can, tell people take, about my story. A bit. You can take the long the long way if you want. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. So, well, I mean. Where to start? I'm I'm guessing you're referring to the the one in the, the book, actually. Yeah, yeah, but there's also another one that you didn't you didn't. Uh, I think there's another one that you didn't talk about. Um, really? Yeah, but maybe, but let's talk about the one in the book, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, there's the there's um um there's a chapter in the book which is about synchronicity, but not just what they are, or I, I actually, I don't really get into that. It's more like, what do you do with them? What do they mean? And it's my personal reflection and my grappling with the, what happens when, under the hood, you know? <laughs> um, well, the one I, I kind of, the one I talked about in the book is kind of suggested more than very well defined. It's, it's kind of brought in a more poetic way uh, because it, it was more important uh, for me to get people to get the feeling of, of, of how crazy that was for me rather than just um, trying to evaluate if it's uh, it's uh, yeah, that's a good one or, or not, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. but it's, it's pretty wild. Um, so I've always, had a lot of them, but that one was pretty crazy. So I was working at a, 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 in a warehouse. As it, that was uh, probably when I started listening to you guys during doing my really boring job, um, <clears throat> like driving a forklift or something. No, even even more boring than that. Because <laughs> driving a forklift is kind of fun. Uh, no, no, it's it's just. Um, um, like packing um, orders for a web store. <laughs> so just taping boxes and getting products and putting them, you know. So after a while, it gets, uh, yeah. sorry? At least you can listen to stuff during that. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I, I had my, uh, my ways of working that I 
it was so automatic that I could concentrate on other things. So one night I was listening, it's pretty funny because um, I was telling you, I think in a, we were just uh, talking, you and I, uh, and I told you that a lot of my um, spiritual expansion, I guess, came from UFOs. Uh, and at the time I was pretty, I was still pretty new to the subject and I listened to a bit of Gaia, <laughs> you know, Gaia TV. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, it's okay. But still like there was, uh, an interview with a guy like who's doing so-called alchemy. Uh, and <laughs> it's so weird to get into that right now. Uh, so yeah, so I listened to the guy and he's talking about some kind of meditations on a rose. Like you see a rose like at first in your heart and something like that. And I'm like, okay. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I'm still, uh, okay. I have to tell you that, that part uh, I was working at, it's a tea store actually. So I was packing tea and tea bags. Um, so I'm just working and then I'm like, oh, I'm packing a uh, rose tea, you know, uh, tea with rose petals in it. So I'm like, oh, that's funny. So the interview, interview goes on and he mentions uh, roses again, another kind of meditation with roses around you and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> And right at that moment, I'm like, dude, I'm feeling as the second order was another bag of uh, tea, rose tea, you know? So I finished that order and I start the next one and I'm like, okay, for sure there's gonna be rose tea in there. Well, not only there was rose tea in there again, for the third consecutive order, but the name of the the client the client's name was last name was Rose, and not even like in you know like in in Quebec because I'm in Montreal for people who don't know, uh, La Rose is a is a common name, but it wasn't even La Rose. It was just Rose, like straight to it. So, but I was at it was at at a time in my life when. I had so many, so many crazy uh, synchronicities like that, and it was kind of driving me wild, you know, because I did um, at the time. Um, you know, you always hear, "Oh, that's a, a message," or "That's a sign for something," and to me, like it wasn't clear <laughs> at all. Like that synchronicity was so wild that. I'm like, what am I supposed to understand from that, you know? And I was, or some people say, oh, uh, it means you're um, expanding or something like that. On the right path. Blue. Yeah, on the right path. If it was the right path to... Uh, How many types of tea are we talking in this tea factory? How many types of tea are you working with? About 200. <laughs> okay, okay, so this is something, okay. Yeah, 
Okay, you're uh, you're calculating. There. I'm slowly evaluating. You know, <laughs> what are the top ten teas? Is Rose in the top ten, or is it pretty? Uh, no. Well, to be honest, yeah. it's it's uh, it's not top ten though. Uh, but I mean, I've 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 worked at that warehouse for about three years, and to get three in a row is, especially I mean, three in a row with the guy's name, and then you know, the, the, the meditations and stuff like that. So that was pretty crazy. It, it all happened uh, in about, in the span of about like five minutes. So that's another crazy thing, you know, like it's, it was, it, it wasn't like over an hour, you know? So, um, so I, I, I was alone at, at the warehouse. I was the first to do the night shifts there. So I was alone in the whole place. And I just dropped to my knees <laughs> and I yelled like, what do you want? You know, like, what is it you're trying to tell me? I, I don't understand. Should I become, uh, you know, like, should I grow roses? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do with that? You know? So, but that was, you know, at that time, I, I it freaked me out and I didn't... I got time uh, to reflect on all these kind of things uh, since then. And I took the time to write actually a book to kind of uh, sift sift through all the, the, yeah, my experiences and uh, try to figure out what's important in all that, you know, how does it affect me? figure out um, like what's the I mean ontologically what what are the uh, the implications of a of, of a, a synchronicity but then it 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 kind of blew up and I, I thought maybe the my next book could be a, on that subject actually because wow, wow. yeah yeah, yeah. Did you did you look up the meaning of rose afterwards, or did you find trying to find any esoteric meaning of the rose that's already written down, or did you did anything about roses come up afterwards at all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even my uh, my girlfriend at the time had uh, three roses tattooed or two roses tattooed on her, and uh, there was a room. I had a very crazy experience once with a um, a picture on the wall of a rose that she put there. Uh, you know those old um how do you call them the magic old, eye ones no no the old uh drawings like uh, botanical uh okay, drawings. Yeah. Yeah. so there was one anyway so that's that's another story but yeah i mean the the rose has been there a lot uh i did um also a sacred geometry course of many years ago the with uh well I learned afterwards that it wasn't really with Randall Carlson, but kind of. It was him, but anyways. Uh, and in there, he was... His buddy Cameron, was it the Cameron course over at Sacred Geometry International? Exactly, yeah. I didn't... Yeah. I, 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 mean, it, I mean, it's still Randall's teachings at the end of the day. It is, I guess, yeah. I mean, I liked it. I like, uh, I'm not sure if I should 
say anything about that. But the, the course, it was cool. I liked it. And and he did talk about uh, the rose and the lily. So, yeah, I mean, for some, I'm, there isn't that much I can say about roses. It's just they're there, you know. Oh, actually, I should say that um, there's a poem by uh, Rumi, the Sufi poet, um, that basically changed my life. Actually, not even the whole poem, just like two f sentences, you know. And it's it's in the book, actually. And it's about a rose. Can you read it or say it? Um, I can just from memory try to put you on the spot or anything. I'm sorry? Not to put you on the spot or anything. <laughs> well, fortunately, it's just like basically one sentence. So <laughs> it's something like um, the voice that told the rose to bloom spoke to me right in my chest, right in my heart. You know, and to me that was uh, wow. We're getting right in the deep. That's the okay. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that was really uh, life changing because um, part of why I wrote the book was also to figure out for myself something that seems impossible, but try to find a moral. Uh, a moral ground for manifesting in the world, you know. I'm kind of a, by nature, I'm kind of a non-dualist. So, and also I practiced uh, Zen for some years. Um, and it's very easy for non-dualists uh, to fall into the, the trap of uh, nihilism. So, because, you know, like if you, kind of step out of reality and you just see things in a in a uh, completely relative way and you step outside of time you see that whatever seems good now in some years will mean bad things are going to happen you know and but also good things and just how Every action just ripples through time, good, bad, good, bad. So how do you act? How do you decide something if you spend too much time in that space where in the void, you know? Um, so it was really hard for me to just be a person, you know, like take, uh, make decisions and have uh, projects and work on things that I wanted do you know because i i couldn't really grasp if it was it's a good thing or that's the best thing to do or that's the worst so, so give us an yeah. example about manifesting like moral more moral concerns during manifesting like because because you don't want to be kind of materialistic or manifesting something because there is there is kind of a there is kind of a view from the older spiritualists, I think, and the theosophists, even or the or the older occultists, that that's kind of a black magic type thing, right? I mean, you're asking, you're trying to 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 manifest something that's um, <clears throat> it's uh, you're trying to use those forces for for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and 
who am I to say that the impact I'm, I'm going to have is going to be the right one, you know? And it, it seems it seems a bit wild, but to me, like, it's something that stopped me in, in my tracks eventually all the time, you know? Like, I would start working on a music project or um, trying to create myself a new job because I've all, almost always been uh, um, a freelance doing freelance web design or whatever and then working at it and after a short while I'm like why am I doing this you know like is it really what I what I want to do and I know so many people struggle with that I mean and it's kind of um it doesn't happen that often also that we hear people talk about this on on platforms like yours because usually the people who are indecisive they don't write books you know <laughs> they don't they 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 can't reach the end so usually they yeah we don't see those people so to me uh i thought if i managed to write that book and i get it well i i published it myself but it it means that i understood how to manifest aimlessly it's kind of a it's very paradox paradoxical and so to get back to the rose and that rumi poem you know that voice that that uh that voice that that says to the rose to bloom i just i i it i it became an obsession i wanted to hear that voice you know because the rose or whatever the the trees or they just do the things you know D they do they don't i unless i'm mistaken uh i don't think they're they really ponder you know and when it's time to grow they grow and when it's time to die they die and there's no uh emotions necessarily or uh egoic uh, pro programming coming into that, you know. So, so who were you worried about when, like, who are were you concerned about manifesting? Like, if you did the wrong thing, was it your sort of your future, your deeper karmic sort of thing, or was it more about that you might, you know, hurt other people, or it just wasn't the right path? Like, you were kind of stuck doing the right thing, like the best thing for you at that time, or what, mm -hmm. what was your concern? Actually, it's it's more complex and more simple than that it's basically just after a while i i'm not feeling it you know so whatever you're doing you whatever project you're working at or you know uh there has to be like a, a fire there like a uh, some some type of passion or or, or kind desire. of an idea yeah, there has to be a desire and if so you you don't want to get all get all in manifest mode and then you know, be dropping and then not have the desire. And then, yeah. Actually, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I wasn't able to. I tried a lot because I've, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's been a strange road. Like I, uh, after a while in my UFO quest, I, I discovered uh, Richard Dolan. Uh, and then he had that interview with Gordon White. And I'm like, okay, like there's, now it's getting interesting, you know, because it gets to uh, 
Well, the the impression I had is magic was the next step for me after UFOs, you know, because for me, like it's probably it's my it might be a genetic thing. I'm I'm more of a um, interdimensional <laughs> hypothesis guy, <laughs> like kind of a valet, uh, you know. Um, so I thought the those entities and what they're similar to the people who are m maybe more uh experienced in contacting them and you know like to understand what's behind the, the curtain what's moving back there you know while well, it, it would be magicians you know and to me it all connects even with uh with manifestation and just how ideas live and could an entity be just an idea we have this notion of egregores but like how does it, it, it we don't we know so little of volition and having a like an intention and how does that work like do aliens have intentions and do or are they just intention and they just move like a wave they don't think or like no, or ghosts or ideas even ideas like what's the difference between a ghost and an idea we don't know that yeah so i don't know exactly where i was going the, oh well yeah gordon white so i got into magic uh but at well i mean at first i was more uh interested in just what are they doing you know like what are the different kinds of magic also i had a roommate who was into that stuff and he it was so funny because he, he listened to to gordon white a lot to rune soup a lot and it seemed very obscure to me at the time and when he moved out like i discovered gordon white so um so i subscribed to the you know like i was a premium member and i tried doing the exercises and uh, the courses and it was always the same like that 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 thought like that that fire would just die you know like what am i trying to, to manifest why why would that also like all the bad things that i've gone through in my life they've they teach me so much i mean i i don't want to put that aside i don't want to I, I don't want to cut uh, in a way or something. I'm sorry. You don't want to take that shortcut in a way. Yeah. I, and also like that, uh, that attitude of just trying to uh, get away from the bad and go towards what you consider good. Like eventually it got very clear that in my mind that it's uh, it's, it's all programming and it's all automatic. And so to me, I guess that that short uh, stint, <laughs> is that a word? Yep. So. Yep. yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. In magic. Uh, it was really interesting because it, it teached me a lot about, um, yeah, intention, uh, volition, why how come for me like it doesn't work like th there was a like a um uh, wealth course or something like that and 
<clears throat> I was doing it uh, at the same time uh, as he was doing, um, giving the courses. And yeah, like it had this, like th this concept, Mitch Horowitz also talks about that a lot. Like, and uh, I mean, new thought and, you know, like just focus on something, like you see it, like it's already happened. How come for me, like it always fades away, like pretty quickly, like I can't hold that. And for years I thought there's a problem with you like there's a problem with uh, um, motivation and maybe self-worth or maybe you you think you're not worth getting those things or becoming someone important or making the money or something like that but I couldn't I mean what do you want me to do with that like okay well I'm I'm broken <laughs> So to me, to write the book was also to explore another way of seeing all this. Uh, and yeah, basically, because I saw around me, like, I mean, uh, trees don't know who Napoleon Hill is, and they still grow. Some of them are a thousand years old, you know, so that's my model you know that's my model so and i mean uh sorry if i'm rambling a little but yeah i basically just trained myself to not really listen to uh learn to listen to that voice to the 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 voice that speak to the speaks to the roast but actually listen to the voices that I, I know that it's not that, you know? Right. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I was going to ask you about, uh, you, your book seems to fit in with a little bit with some new thought principles, you know, because I I'm, so I'm reading this book from Charles Hennell called the master master key system. Okay. I don't know if you're aware of it, but it's really focusing on your thoughts and all these practices to, to focus your thoughts. I think it came before Think and Grow Rich a little bit. It's uh, Think and Grow Rich in my uh, my book, the bookshelf picture there behind me. Um, <laughs> and he's really focused on the inner world, your inner, the, the world within, right? The world within is so important because it creates your subconscious mind and the world within creates that world without. And so much of that seems to me like also practicing self-knowledge. Like the path to self-knowledge seems like it would go through that um you know world within or vice versa i don't know which one would come first but they're connected you know so much of what helped me out in in my early sort of like recovery program was was mindfulness meditations where i kind of disconnected from from my thoughts you know i'm like i realize that that awareness is not my thoughts you know so thoughts play such an important role in all this stuff Mm -hmm. I guess the other thing I wanted to to ask you about, I, I kind of have an overarching new thought kind of question, uh, <laughs> new, thought right. for the, new thought for this age we're in, but I also wanted to, what I was thinking of was suffering. Like, I think what you were going to say or trying to say as well, when you, when you went through all that Gordon White stuff is like, there's kind of no shortcut to not suffering. I mean, there's always going to be some suffering, you know, this is just human life, human, human living. Yeah. Um, Actually, I even uh, make a distinction between pain and suffering because 
so I I associate uh, suffering with friction, and it's uh, friction in the sense of um, things not going perfectly in a fluid manner. You know. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, so I remember uh, someone, ta- uh, well, I mentioned the Brad, uh, no, actually, Miguel mentioned Brad Warner in my invite. If you, I don't know if you know him. Uh, Brad Warner is uh, uh, basically a Zen monk, you know, who used to play in a hardcore punk band. So uh, I, I feel like we have kind of similar backgrounds and I, I enjoy talking, uh, listening to him. And he was telling this story about a, a Zen master taking a, a little stick. I'm going to butcher this story, but you're going to get it. And he said basically that just by putting the, the stick on the ground, uh, the, the stick suffers and the, the, the earth suffers, the ground suffers, you know? That was also pretty mind blowing. Like I could just, you know, blow, blow it off and just say well, that guy's crazy. But how could that be true? You know, because it's it's suffering become becomes pain when you know that friction is associated with with pain. Because for some people, the same friction you're going through is going to be pl- uh, pleasurable for them. You know. So well, maybe not painful, maybe not pleasurable, but maybe, maybe, maybe just not nothing. You know? Oh, I mean, even, uh, well, sometimes pleasurable for real. I mean, just think about like, uh, SNN stuff, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. some people enjoy the physical pain, but even the emotional pain, uh, egoically and some people their in their ego is programmed to think that cer- certain kinds of pain uh are desirable yeah. so it's not a pleasure as like your um your experience experiencing joy but it's pleasure in the sense that things feel right when you're you know, like victimhood nowadays, in a way. I mean, it seems like that's what's happening. There's, that's a, the, yeah. there's an identity identity thing that it feels comfortable to just to blame other people for stuff. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So it's, yeah. I mean, opinions. Opinions are that we we think we think we have opinions usually, but if you really really look at them, they're just history built up you know yeah yeah so Darren, did you have any questions at all or well i never really uh i never i haven't read the book i listened to bits of it but i haven't got the the i haven't got the whole package yet but uh i suppose i should i should uh <laughs> into it. i do like the napoleon hill stuff i i do have some you mentioned Rumi. Didn't that guy turn out to be like some weird sort of cult scam thing? Like, isn't there like a whole like weird backstory behind Rumi? 
Oh, I don't know. I, I've never heard about that. I know no. there's a... Um, uh, thinking of Osho behind me here, probably, Darren. Is that that book oh, there? Osho is Osho, yeah. the guy that had all the Oh, books. yeah, that's another thing. That's another thing, but I mean... He went to Magic on the Mountain. That house had like every one of his books. Uh, which one, Osho? Or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Up on the hill. So I thought uh, there was something about the roomy guy, too. No, is he legit then? Everything's okay there? I'm no, sure. I mean, it's been a. I think it's. Uh, when was Rumi alive? I think it was so long ago that it's kind. Of, it's one of those situations that some people think he might maybe have not existed, like Jesus or something. <laughs> no, I think he, he. I think most people think he really did exist, but you know. Osho is the culty one. Well, I'm 30 at 1207 Bach now in Afghanistan. He died in uh, 1273 in what is now Turkey. The greatest Sufic mystic and poet in the Persian language, famous yeah. for his lyric and didactic epic. Okay, so what about Osho? What's this? Uh, is Osho the piece of shit then? <laughs> well, no, I mean, no, I mean, it all depends on your, you know, like, I, I, that oh, yeah, it is Osho. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's different. And he's more modern, right? He's a he's a modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had yeah, a yeah, Rolls Royce. Yeah, like, weird culty scam going on there. I used to do meditations with a guy from uh, India who's an Osho guy. They were great meditations. They really were ecstatic dance and gibberish meditations and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know the net. Uh, they, they it's the guy they did the Netflix uh, thing on uh, Wild Wild Country uh, on the on him and the whole community. And I was happy that they, uh, it was very two-sided the way they, they did it because, you know, like I've, I don't know, like when I was 17, 18, uh, my mom was really into like a lot of new agey stuff and I got into that, you know? And so I did some, you know, Trans dancing. <laughs> well, not really. It's it's uh, things that are that could be viewed like that, you yeah, know, yeah. from That's from the, the outside. Because yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty wild what people are doing <laughs> these things. But I did that, and it teached me a lot. It teached me a lot. Uh, I haven't been the place I I was going to back then. Like I haven't been there for over 20 years. But I remember though, the the lady who uh, founded the place, uh, she's called Annie Marquier. Uh, she was a uh, French, she, she passed away some years ago. Um, and she, actually she had a book, like the power to choose. I don't know how it's translated in it's in English and Spanish and stuff like that. And it was actually like one of Oprah's book club thing for, for a little while. So, I mean, people liked it and it's pretty, it's, it, it was kind of inspiring, inspiring for me in a while, in a way, because after all the years, you know, like I understood how complex what she was teaching was, you know, like it wasn't new agey stuff. And she really acted in a way that 
like she didn't want people to think she was an authority or a guru, but people do it. They will do it. They will know you are my guru, you know, and there was nothing she could really do against that. She just was very, very private and just tried. Anyways, but after, uh, you know, some years, I realized like, okay, she was teaching about Jung. She was in, in teaching and openly inspired by Jung, by Rudolf Steiner. Uh, maybe, uh, not maybe, uh, also Alice Bailey and, you know, like theosophy and, and it's pretty deep stuff, you know, but she had this way of making it as accessible. And it, uh, how did she do that is through exercises and lived experience, you know, kind of a, uh, Gurdjieff kind of thing too, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. So to me, like it was kind of a uh, something I wanted to do with the book also is uh, suggest very complex ideas, but in a way that is more felt, that people can feel it rather than just, uh, yeah, grasp it mentally or, you know. What's your opinion on panpsychism? From the chats, Oswald Spengler. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm going to be, uh, I don't have a good answer. I don't know that much about it. I've heard that it's, uh, some people say it's, um, how do they, do they say it? Well, pansexual is like falling in love with like trees and shit. So uh, is panpsychism like yeah but it's still very materialistic in, in a way you know like it's it's the you know like it's uh the the scientist's animism <laughs> oh, but maybe you know like that's what i heard you know like i don't know that much about that i'm more interested in things things that i can experience myself i'm not really into like even the term mysticism I try not to use it, although I talk about the mystic, the mystic path, because for me, like mysticism stops being mysticism when it falls into an ism, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Panpsychism uh, is the, for people wondering is the view that all things have a mind or mind-like quality. Yeah. Remember we had someone on who said like eventually they're going to make an iPhone that's just automatically become sentient just because, uh, you know, that'd be like the 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 high end of pan. So it's a robot, like a pan psych, uh, psych, whatever the fuck, pan psychism. Is it like a, a data from Star Trek is a pan psychism thing? I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's based on this idea that consciousness uh, pervades everything. Who wants Which, to be a coffee cup, man? That sounds like shit. To be a coffee cup, <laughs> right? I mean, if that's it's, it's a, the argument, then someone has to be Graham's microphone. Well, I mean, the coffee cup and the microphone—at least they both get to touch my lips. You're <laughs> saying that like that's uh, like people. Are your your cups. lips, your yeah. lips, and the microphone are 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 one, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bro. So what's what's the oh, difference? Show. What's the difference between the mystic path and you know like a religious path or a magic path or a uh, spiritualist path? 
Well, I mean, the mystic's path is is essentially formless. That's what was so hard about uh, writing writing that book because uh, <laughs> I'm trying to convey the idea that um, there's nothing essentially, in essence, that is true to base your own identity and your actions on, you know. Uh, but then the ego is built of um, following like archetypes. So that's why like the uh, Napoleon Hill stuff works very well for some people. Um, and for some others, it just, it's not how they're built. It's not going to work, you know. So Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I kind of love archetypes because of the archetypes. No, I was I was asking about the mystic path, but but yeah, going, yeah, yeah. But going back into the Napoleon Hill stuff, I mean, this is kind of what I wanted to a ask about new new thought, and and I don't know if this is even. I hate to put caveats before my questions, but I haven't really figured out how to ask it. But what what got me thinking about this new thought stuff is is I feel like these guys lived in the in the early twenties, late eighteen hundreds when it was quite a magical time. You know, it was before it was, it was during materialism's kind of takeover, but it was also at a time when I felt like the Western civilization felt like they could manifest whatever they want. Like it wasn't really, I know they went through the depression and, and the world war and stuff, but, mm -hmm. but I don't, I feel like they weren't under the direct thumb of like, let's get rid of the middle class kind of thing, or let's like make everybody poor and the elites get richer. Like I, I feel like, New Thought had an opportunity back then that maybe nowadays we really don't have the same opportunity. Like, does that make sense to you at all? Like, especially with your books sort of connected to that, like in this day and age, what if those books came out in this day and age? I mean, I just don't know if, an, if people would um, have the same ability to manifest. Uh, I mean, our subconscious thoughts are, are just filled with, doom scrolling and all that. I mean, look at how, like, even just, even people that want to do it or intend to do it properly or intend to disassociate with the, the, the black pilling, it's still hard because we're still having oh, to yeah. navigate, navigate that, that sort of subconscious, uh, uh, brainwashing really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there in the early 1900s. Well, it's hard for me to tell how it was life back then, but, for sure, there's some, uh, yeah, we have challenges right now that are, uh, that can seem very uh, demoralizing. That's why, like, for me, like, it's, you were asking, like, what exactly is the mystic's path? For me, it comes before a manifestation, actually, you know, like, because that's the, 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 the question, the essential question, who am I? What am I? You know, what, or rather, who am I? Knowing yourself, you know, like, <laughs> I'm going to get a bit, uh, maybe a bit uh, Buddhist here or something, but the, the thing is, it's hard, when you really get to the crux of it, and I, I'm going to relate to what you're, you were saying. Um, there's what's really essential about us can't can't really be put into words 
And whatever like um, uh, triggers uh, the emotion that we feel, like, in for example, uh, <laughs> trying to digest the black pill, um, they're also some people are not going to like this, but it's 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 your ego, um, and not ego in the sense of uh, the bad part of you. Ego in a sense that it's the the mechan uh, mechanical part of you that just tries to uh, keep yourself alive. You know, it's basically that, and it gets really complex, but it's in fact it's really simple. So. The idea, the, the, the mystic's path to me means the ability to step out and just see, you know, like, okay, let's look at that guy, uh, Dominic there, like sitting and he's talking on this, this podcast right now. And why is he doing that? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Or how does he feel? How did he get there, you know? Like this ability to look at yourself without, you know, like identifying with yourself. That's the essence of the mystic's path. And then comes, you know, like all the crazy shit that's happening, you know, and how you deal with it and how you interpret it. And you're still, to me, like you're still going to have opinions and you're still going to have fears. But the, the, I mean, just knowing what they are is kind of half the, you know, like I've, I've, that's another reason I thought like it's, it might be a good time to put out this book is, man, I know I'm not alone like that in, in that situation. But for me, like COVID and all that stuff, it, I mean, my life never has been so good you know i maybe it's an archetypal kind of thing but i i i thrive in chaos very easily you know so and maybe it's because uh i've developed this ability to to step out you know step out of the 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 fights and all the the you know the bickering and the the well the violence actually and just look at it like as if you were an alien, basically, you know. That's, yeah, I think that's kind of what I was what I was getting at earlier is is when I went when I was talking about before or after. I think that that's what I was thinking about when I was reading that master key book and and thinking about your book is that yeah, once you can once you can kind of get that self knowledge, that helps you clear out all the crap in a way and get rid of all that subconscious kind of noise and then mm -hmm. figure out really what you want. I guess yeah. that, I guess one of my main thoughts was like it 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 felt simpler in the early 1900s. Like I want to manifest a good job and a family, and you know I could sort of maybe afford that. Like I want to have a job I love and I can afford a family and a house. Like nowadays, you know, yeah, I want to have a job I love, but can I afford a fucking house and a family? Like it, it's it just feels like there's other you know things in the way. Of, of all this. Yeah. Um, um, but that's, that's the thing. Like, I mean, how do you, how do you know you wanted a good job in a house? You know, 
it yeah. seems obvious. Yeah. Like, well, of course, you know, but well, I, I didn't for the longest time. Right. And, and now, so that's the other, that's, that's an interesting point. You know, my, my mm-hmm. desires have changed so much over even just for the last three years, you know? Yeah. I used to love the city and I used to love, you know, being sort of having the city as your backyard. And now I just mm-hmm. want to be out in the middle of nowhere in a house. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I mean, that's another thing with uh manifestation is also like, when is it that we just, open up to surprises because we automatically like we tend to think that surprises are going to be bad you know that's not how it works you know things happen and then you 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 react or respond exactly yeah and you know like i mean i told that story uh yeah i should maybe i should talk about that I, I don't know if you've, I, I've, I, it's in the book, the, um, the story about the, um, um, the Chinese farmer, say, say, Wang, I'm not pronouncing it. Okay. Um, so about the, I don't know if you remember that. It's a classic story. Like I've even, even seen it in, uh, TV shows and stuff like that. Like the, the yeah, that's exact. That's the point. That's the point of all this almost. And that's the point of, of the knowing of the, uh, the master key. I think it's going to point to that is doing all these exercises to enable you to look at a situation like that and not really judge it as immediately negative. There's opportunity. Napoleon talks about that too. And, and outwitting the devil and, and the think and grow rich is like, it's all about failure and, and opportunities from failure and, and sort of, how you kind of pick yourself up as opposed to, you know, how you get, how you fall down. Mm-hmm. So that you wanted to do, can you tell the story without, uh, or do you want me to find it and read it or? Oh, I can tell it. It's, you'll get the gist of it. <laughs> it's, uh, so there's this old farmer and uh, uh, I think he's got a horse, like a really nice horse. And then one day the, the horse leaves so everybody, like in like his neighbors, they say, oh, how bad it is, like how unlucky you are. And he says, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, you know. So then the next day, the, the horse comes back, but he's got another horse with him, like a, like a very strong stallion, you know. So everybody's like, wow, how cool, you know, like you got this beautiful stallion. And he's like, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. A week after that, uh, his son, who was his only son, who helped him on the farm, uh, decides to ride the stallion. And uh, the stallion is wild, you know, so he's got trouble. you know, like keeping it calm and he falls from the horse and breaks his leg. Again, people say, wow, that's how, how are you going to do your farming? You know, like you're with your son like that. That's such a bad thing. And again, you know, uh, he said, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. And then a couple of days after that, uh, there's a war that's declared with the next city or whatever. 
And because of that, the son can't go to war. So every all the young men were killed, but his son was spared, you know. So what do you do with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because again, like the 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 logic thing after that is how do you know if it's a good or a bad thing? Yeah. Um but that that used to drive me crazy. You know, because if you don't, if there's nothing essentially good or bad, because you don't know what's going to happen next, how do you decide on anything? But there's also like a calming way to see it is whatever you do, like it's going to, things are going to be good or bad. So just do whatever you want to do, you know, but then you have to decide. So, oh, (laughs) I have a little cat there. Um, so yeah, so you have to decide on things and do things. And especially if you want to do things that are, that take a long time to do, you have to keep at it. So, but how do you know if it's a good or a bad thing, you know? So there's a paradox there. And I, my own experience says that to me. Uh, this is where you want to be. You want to inhabit that paradox. So manifesting, well, if you feel like it, you know, like um, I, I, there's the part about um, uh, Mitch Horowitz. Have you ever had him on the show? No, we haven't. I don't think. Oh, okay. I was just curious. Uh, so, there's a part of, about him on the book, well, about something he said uh, some years ago uh, back at the warehouse. <laughs> uh, he said he was struggling with, oh, I can't remember. I wrote in the, wrote in, in the book, but um, there was two points of view, like Neville Goddard that said, my will be done. And then, Someone else, which I can't remember the name, and I wrote to him to ask him because I couldn't remember, uh, who said, thy will be done. Like, basically, just surrender to the will of God and just do whatever God wants you to do. But the other one said, my will be done. So my will is sacred, basically. So I should just follow my will. So I struggled with that for a a long time and i mean i have admiration for for uh Micharowicz. um i thought you know like and also like he's got the uh, as they say the, the the proof is in the 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 pudding and you know like i mean he's very prolific very successful uh very eloquent very impressive to me he's very it's a, he's a very impressive person you know so I thought he's probably got something right that I don't understand. I just can't grasp it. And um, so I struggled with the same question. He said that he also did that. And he, he ended up on the my will be done part of the, the thing, you know. But to me, like, I couldn't. I tried, I really tried, but I couldn't really uh, 
equate that internally. I don't know if I'm I'm clear. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't make sense in my lived experience because of that thing that I was talking about earlier about always losing that that drive. Um, and then there was that roomy uh, thing, you know, the, the the voice, which is basically the voice of God, or usually I say nature with a big N, you know. But it's okay. I'm not afraid of the word God. <laughs> so I I realized and I uh, discovered for myself that it there's no separation between that th thy and my. You know, like when I'm really really seeing myself clearly, deeply, and I see. Uh, through all the, the egoic things, the little voices that argue, you know, uh, basically whatever feels the best to me to do and whatever I feel energy to do, it's, it's just natural. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to manifest things. I don't have to do exercises to manifest the things I want to do but also the things I want to do like they're very different for most from most people I, I'm more interested in uh, the deeper aspects of the of my actions uh, than their uh, outside result you know so I prefer being homeless and very, very true to myself than have a very nice house that I've had to prostitute myself to get, you know. I'm giving extreme examples there, and there's nothing bad with wanting. Actually, no, I'd no, like no, to have a house. No, it's good. no, 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 no but I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, that more, you know. That's, yeah, that's, that's good. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the people get connected to the source, whatever you want to call it, God, the source, these downloads, the infinite, the the uh, Napoleon calls it what the inner self or the outer self or some sort of higher self. I mean, I've, maybe that's, that's that combination there of my and thy, you know, if you're, as long as your ego is kind of out of the way a little bit, um, maybe that's, you know, it is the same. Well, that's where it feels right to me, you know, like, uh, like writing the book, like, <laughs> uh if if you knew me like like if you had known me for years like it's very improbable that i would <laughs> not only write a book but everything that it because the book for me was the um, it was just the the basis of the work that i wanted to do afterwards you know and um so and I keep at it, you know, like I'm, I'm in a situation right now, not, maybe not for long, I don't know, um, where I can devote myself uh, full time to what I'm doing. But um, so I'm, I'm really working hard to get things going because I'd, I'd prefer not to go back to the warehouse and, you know, tape boxes. but. 
you know, like, like if I get there, I'll get there. But uh, so the amount of energy that I have right now, it's unprecedented, you know, like it's, it makes no sense that I, me, I would have this energy, you know. So, and for me, like the manifestation, the, the, the magic, the new thought, the abundance and wealth, it didn't work, you know, it didn't work. And there's so many people like, like, of course, it's the doers that have a voice and they say like, oh, you should, you, if you want to manifest, you do this and you do that because it comes naturally to them, you know? You know, like, and I'm not saying, by the way, just to make it clear, I'm not saying Mitch Horowitz is wrong to have settled on my will be done. I'm saying from the, um, from my archetypal structure, my personal personality, my ego, my vehicle, I'm, I'm not built like that. That's not how I get my fuel, you know? I get my fuel from the um, the deeper meaning. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's the part that that can't be put into words. You know, yeah. you just you just know it. You know? Yeah. Darren, do you have any questions? Well, I do have one question. Where can people get the book? Where can people get uh, Zinfandel? Obviously, the audiobook's going to be, I guess, on the Adult Brain audiobook podcast for a little bit. Is that what? Yeah, we're let's saying? yeah, let's do that. We'll put we'll put the it'll be free on the on it'll be on the Adult Brain audiobook podcast on the on the free podcast feed. And then by the time this comes out in audio, I mean it's only going to come. It's not going to be long. It's going to be out in a few days. So it it's mm-hmm. going to come out on Audible probably, but and also everywhere else audiobooks are sold. But we just don't know exactly when. So. Yeah, and it's going to be, you know, apologize for all that problem with audio. I mean, we just had, you know, what's funny is we just worked on that on your book and got it out there and then audible. Yeah. And then we got shut down. I was like, <laughs> you're, you're sort of like one of the first real kind of like customers in a way, or like we had, you know, like a special deal there on that. And, and then it, it all fell apart. So interesting timing. I mean, yeah. I <laughs> I'm not going to say whether it's good or bad because like we no. do this. We already went through this whole thing. Darren and I are like, let's just make this work and and we'll figure it out. And it's and it, and I have a sense it's going to be better than it was before the way we're the way we're going. But because now we've got the audiobook podcast there and, and people can find all like hundreds of books on there and, and download. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it should be on uh on Amazon on uh sorry, on Audible eventually, but it's it's cool that people go to you guys to get it. But it's also like so it's also available, of course, in digital and uh, yeah, yeah, and paper. Uh, well, it's it's on Amazon, uh, but you, um, if people want a digital copy, though, they can write to me directly. So okay. that's even better. But it sounds also on Kindle, uh, and also I should say that it's also in French. I also I always forget to say it because I wrote it in French uh, initially. And then I translated it. So, so just uh, if people want to get it, uh, yeah, of course they can just go to Amazon and search for it. But maybe the easiest way is just go to my website, uh, dominiquevalley.com, 
slash book or just go in the menu you see book and everything's there so right now the audiobook is there's no link for the audiobook on the website but as soon as there's one we'll add it yeah yeah exactly Mm-hmm. And they and they can go to Adult Brain Audiobooks uh, probably tomorrow or the day after it'll be out there on the podcast. And and what make sure what about your pod, your new podcast too? We should talk about that before you forget because I don't think you've you've been able to publicly announce that yet, have you? I have not. I mean, it's um, I have a podcast called uh, Hopscotch Chronicles. You can see the website at hopscotchchronicles.com. Um, for now, there's only two episodes, and they're just um, uh, basically essays that I, I wrote, and then I thought, well, you know, like I'm just going to read them and turn them into audio. But I realized that, you know, this kind of conversation, you know, this type of conversations we're having right now, um, it's never enough for me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to talk to some people too. Uh, so, is that, is that, so what's your plan with the podcast? And you're going to do your own like solo stuff and have uh, interviews too? Yeah. Once in a while, just maybe a solo show, uh, maybe just reading the, some essays that I'm right. That I, I wrote. Uh, but yeah. So I want to get to talk with, uh, of course, people in, you know, like, <laughs> uh spirituality and philosophy and stuff like that but also like uh musicians artists um and talk about the, these kind of things you know uh sometimes it's hard harder for artists to talk about uh th- those really deep subjects because it's very instinct uh instinctive for them instinctual is that a word <laughs> yeah instinctual yeah 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 so yeah, so just putting it into words is kind of hard for them, but um, and yeah, I mean, there's a, a list of people I just, I, I really want to talk to. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, good. Yeah, right on. For well, sure, like I'm gonna try to uh, talk with. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say it. I haven't asked. You know. Yeah, yeah. What well, Gordon? Well. Mike? Oh, that would be cool. That would be cool for sure. Mitch. Yeah, Yeah, for sure, Miguel. But also like some musicians. Like I'd like I'd really like to talk with uh Ian McKay from uh, Minor Threat, Fugazi. That guy, like he's a he's a deeply spiritual guy. From my definition of spirituality, I don't think he says that. He thinks that, but I don't know. But because you were, uh, were you a punk, uh, punk rock, heavy heavy metal kind of guy or musician? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically. And that's where it's funny because I I saw you you titled the 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 video uh, punk mysticism. Oh yeah, and we haven't we haven't talked about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but we, it's, it's been some time. But yeah, I know I know you've got a punk aspect of it in your book. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, that's essentially that, like the DIY spirit uh, in within spirituality is super important. Whether you, even if you're gonna become a monk or whatever, just start with yourself and just start with what you can do by yourself. 
and then build on that. And maybe it'll, it's going to take you somewhere in some uh, very old tradition or something, but maybe not, you know, but the important thing is it's going to be true. And that's the, the essence of punk also, I think. It's, yeah, it's yeah. that rawness that it's, it's, it just has to feel real, you know? Yeah. I like it. That's your DIY spirituality plan. Yeah. I like yeah. It. Yeah. Maybe that's the second book. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, buddy. This is, this is good. It was really cool. Thank you for having me guys. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Yeah. Sir. Come back again. Thanks for letting us do your book, and thanks for coming on the show. This has been great, Dominic. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Good luck <laughs> over in uh, Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just be smiling at you from Alberta. I mean, Graham's in Saskatchewan now, so I don't know what to say about that, but... It's not that bad here. It's probably, yeah, yet. <laughs> yet. All right, um, yeah. <laughs> good luck. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. Thanks. And now is our chat with Dominic, no relation to Jacques Vallée. What'd you think, buddy? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was good. That was fun. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Of course, get the book on adultbrain.ca, the Adult Brain Audiobooks Podcast. It should be right there at the top when you click in after this episode comes out. Of course, if you're listening live, Forget it, because it won't be there till like uh, Monday or Tuesday next week. Could be Tuesday, because uh, it's a long weekend here. It's Easter, or no, not Easter. What the fuck? Which uh, it's Thanksgiving. Are you having a family thing out there? Uh, I don't know. Big old first family back in I Saskatchewan. I wonder what a Saskatchewan Thanksgiving. Long weekend, yeah. So. You didn't know it's Thanksgiving? No. You can get turkey? No, I I don't know. I mean, it just this is my first. <laughs> just trying to get settled and get to work, and you know that's all. Maybe you can get a couple of pre-cooked like chickens. Yeah. Big thanks, to Dominic, for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even bigger thanks if you're uh, some of the people who are supporting the show over at GrandAmerica.ca/support. We can't do without you. Sign up today for a monthly or one-time donation at America.ca slash support. A buck a month, two bucks a month. You decide. And uh, you can also check out our other podcast, America Outlawed, and the audiobook one. Like we're talking about Adult Brain. Adult Brain Audiobooks, the podcast. Contact at the cabin for the trips. We've got that great Canadian adventure coming up very quickly. There are a few spots left. Sign up today. Contact at the cabin.com. Spam grammaracamerica.com. Other than that, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. You're fussing, you're fighting when you come around. Won't be enough. Come on and get me. I'm homesick. And I'm bored.
Please. 